In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to the Be Fulfilled Podcast. My name is Tony Grubmeyer, and as we go up Success Mountain today, you're going to love it. Pen and paper, something easy to write with is necessary because we're talking to a serial entrepreneur, so he knows a little bit about business, innovating, being a strategist, and he's often referred to by his clients as the media guy, right? No, I'm just kidding. He's the powerful catalyst that provides clarity and confidence to entrepreneurs while fostering those connections to people and resources that can move the needle in any business, in any direction, usually the one you want to go as forward and up as fast as you possibly can. He is the founder of the Bacon Wrapped Business Podcast, the thing that sizzles and smokes and listed in Inc. Magazine as one of the top 35 business podcasts for entrepreneurs. I know him as Brad. You may know him as somebody else, but he is Brad Costanzo. I'm officially giving up all my podcasts until I can get a voice as smooth and silky as yours, mister. If I could have one voice to do for podcasts, I would probably take still to this day, Morgan Friedman, just because obviously, you know, Bruce almighty, that's where I really got to understand the voice. Absolutely. That's great. It's great to be uh, on the show, brother. It's always good to talk to you. Well, Hey, we have a lot in common. We were just yes, talking before the show, a mutual friend. We, uh, over the years, of, you know, every time I throw a party in San Diego, I'm like, it's not a party until Brad arrives. So uh, I'm excited for you to be here. And and through kind of life and everybody, I met you via Los um, back in the day. And Los just hit me up the other day. And it's kind of cool how life kind of just works, it comes full circle in different times. And uh, I'm excited that you're here and we can just kind of have a conversation. But one of the questions I ask out the gate, um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear your answer, is what is your definition of success? My definition of success is uh, pretty tied, I think, to the three, I don't even call them goals. I think of these more as like aspirations for my life. And I've, I've given a lot of thought to this. Like I consider myself a success, at least in business. I mean, there's relationship success, health success, et cetera. But when it comes to business, it it's am I fully engaged, like really loving the work that I'm doing? Uh, am I am I surrounded by working with whether it's team members and employees or or clients, etc., by people who inspire me and motivate me, people that I love? And three, am I making really good money? Um, it's the and none of those have really specific. Uh, what do you call it? Um, tangible. They're not smart goals, right? So they are aspirations. I do want to make money. Uh, it making money, not making money is not the definition of success to me. There's a lot of people these days that I think that discount that, but full engagement, amazing people making really good money with the freedom to kind of always, you know, call my own shots and be able to pivot quickly to something that I want to pursue. And I think that goes back to full engagement. I think that's the best 
definition of success professionally. I think personally, success is having just a really well-balanced life in all aspects from relationships. And I've got an amazing relationship with my wife. It's of all the things I've done, that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of is how stable and solid and loving our relationship is. Number two is, um, you know, feeling good, looking good, trying to be in Hollywood. What's that saying? (laughs) Hey, you know, I think, Two things that I'll I'll just I want I want to just kind of enhance just a little bit is like I love the piece about engaged right. You can do a lot of work, you can be busy doing a lot of stuff, but not really like fulfilled, right? You're just like I'm existing, I'm just doing, I'm checking the boxes. I, I I made a post about that yesterday. I just I spent a lot of my life just checking the boxes because it was just kind of the thing to do. And then comes a time when you realize that why do you want to check boxes? Why do you want to create and I love how you, you, you brought in the team, the team aspect and the whole kind of mindset around kind of the people, the clients, the people you get to help consult with and for and how you do what you do. And then, you know, if you're really good at what you do, you make good money. If you're not good at what you do, you may make some money temporarily, but it's not going to last and your reputation is going to be ruined. And you have a great reputation and a really dynamic digital marketing industry. I mean, you know, your name gets brought up a lot in conversation. I pay a lot of money in uh, bribes for those. Yes. But hey, you know what? Someone's got to pay somebody to do those things. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, I, it's like doing cool things with cool people making cool cash, baby. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. And then I think the piece that really just kind of was like the top for me is like the relationship, right? Because yeah. you can be a really you can be a successful entrepreneur in the world and come home and your marriage can be just ripped and falling apart because you're not the same person you are in the business world as when you come home in the home life. And so I really appreciate you just kind of sharing that. My wife and I went for a walk this morning coming up on 22 years of marriage and we've, you know, kind of looked more like Rocky road ice cream over the years. You know, it wasn't always, (laughs) you know, smooth mint chip. It was, you know, Rocky road. And we were just talking about like how if you can work on your relationship it doesn't matter what type of relationship, but whatever the one that you're in, if you can make that thing solid, everything you're going to do from there is going to just have really, really good movement because you're going to be talking about the stuff openly. You can talk about the stuff that you're dealing with and that person's going to be there to support you. If you go to work and, oh, my wife loves me, she knows what I do or partner or whatever, and you're dealing with some serious shit and you come home and you don't talk about it because that's what entrepreneurs can do as well. Yeah, that having that solid foundation for because it is it like who you pick to spend the rest of your life with is um I mean I probably the most besides just ke- keeping your health going it's the most important thing because like you said I mean especially as an entrepreneur it's rough out there and you are fill everybody I know in this business in any business is filled with imposter syndrome and doubts and worries and the crazy ups and downs and if you if if the person who's supposed to be have your back more than anybody doesn't have your back or even makes it worse. Uh, it makes everything worse. Um, my wife and I operate, we've kind of referred to each other as um, she's the kite. I'm just sorry. I'm the kite. She's the string. So she's got a, an incredible job. She's one of the top lo- loan officers in San Diego for mortgages. And can, we she throw the, is, can you give me the name of the company? We'd like to throw her some more business. Prime lending. Yeah. Kenya. Wife's first and last name, just so we get that K- too. 
K-E-N-I-A-C-O-S-T-A.com. She actually works all around the country and she specializes in helping, it really does specialize in helping entrepreneurs who have really jacked up, you know, you know, financials <laughs> qualifying no, for houses. Entrepreneurs have perfect credit. Never exactly. Up, never had any issues with creditors. Nothing. We're, we pay all of our bills on time. I don't know what you're dealing with. Right. But she, um, you know, but she's steady Eddie and she's emotionally stable. She's professionally stable, et cetera. And she's got to be emotionally stable, married to you. 100%. And so, but I'm the kite. I am the ADD entrepreneur who's out here taking risks, doing a million things. And she grounds me. Right. And I think this, I, I love this kite and string analogy. I didn't invent it. I heard it years ago, but we both agree with it because I get to be flying around in the wind, like whipping, whipsawing back and forth. Sometimes I get the glory, at least, you know, externally, but without the string, without somebody to kind of hold you in place and give you enough of that restraint, I mean, I'm going to be crashed on the ground. Uh, at the same time, the string doesn't always get the glory, but the, but when a string can attach itself to a kite, the kite can raise the string up to get a better view, to get, to get, almost get that same experience the kite has. Right. And it's like, you know, if you kind of think of both of them as actual, like, I don't know, animated figures in a cartoon, it's a very symbiotic relationship. And I think that's what people want when you, when two kites get together, it's fun. You're like, Oh my God, you're just like me. We're the exact same. We're going to have so much fun for about 90 days. <laughs> And then after that, it's, you know, you try to enter into a relationship and get really, really harrowing. We work well because we are diametrically opposite in almost every way with the exception of, uh, I think, just emotionally stable, good communicators and, and we love each other. And I think if you have those things, uh, relationships get easy. And when relationships are easy, business gets a lot easier. At least mine does. Let's talk. It came to my mind just as we're, we're going down this road. Yeah. Uh, years back, you helped your wife launch a coffee business. Yes. What about that coffee business today? What would it have been like if it would have stayed around? Well, that coffee business was a fun idea, but it was poorly executed on my part. It was actually poorly planned out because the unit economic, the economics of it just didn't make enough sense. We worked together. She was the face of the brand. It was originally her initial idea. Uh, it's called Stiletto Coffee, right? A very female oriented brand. But um, we worked well when we were working together because I was doing most of the work and she, we joked that she was like the hood ornament. Like she <laughs> very recognizable, there for decoration, serves no functional purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, we joke about that, but like I was the one doing all the, you know, the e-commerce build out and the marketing, et cetera. Uh, but because of that, it worked out well. She knew that she was the brand and the face and the personality behind it. And I was the machine. But yeah, because, you know, when we started our original company, I5, which is now known as Ship Offers, we launched a company brand called Liquid Explosion. We had like three liquid products, 2001, 2002. And I may even share this before, but by 2004, we're like, let's get out of this industry. This is not for us. You know, who wants to sell shots for like a dollar, a dollar fifty? I mean, like, who's, who's going to buy them for two dollars, two fifty? And next year, then Five Hour Energy comes out. I'm like, oh man. And you know, you think, hey, that was a great idea. And I look now, and I'm so glad I dabbled. So I at least learned like what I'm good at and what I don't want to spend my time doing. Right. And today, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is you show up in a lot of people's story. And that's, that's something that I love because you've helped a lot of people go out and do like, I tell people I'm a great marketer, but of me, 
I'm not a great marketer of like helping somebody go take their brand and go blow it up. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, you're a great marketer of helping people to explode their brands. And I really, I want to talk about that because I, that's a, that's yeah. a unique talent. So if you have some stories that maybe you can emit names or products and just share some stories today, because I think it's really important for people to hear is entrepreneurs play many different roles. Like you, you're just good at what you do. So I thought, Hey, it'd be cool to tell a couple stories um, and just have some fun today. And I really just appreciate your candidness and, and anybody watching video, you realize Brad is sitting back with a mic. I don't know if he has a glass of wine or not, but he's just chill. And that's what I love about my friend is that he's just here to have a good time and help you, the listener today, to maybe think of a couple of new concepts and maybe figure out how to implement. And if you get stuck, well, you're listening to what I call the business genius. And this is a guy that at the end, you can figure out how to get in contact with him and maybe see this is somebody you could hire to help consult take your business and get you to the next level. So that's kind of why Brad's here today. Good friend Thought we'd share some insight, help you, the listener to learn more, but also help Brad just to have fun and do what he loves to do. Thanks brother. Well, yeah. So I've helped a few high, higher profile folks um, with their businesses. And some have been, you know, some of them are, you know, they have a business, which is the actual business and their personal brand supports their business. And then there are other people that I've worked with who their personal brand is their business. So uh, one example, uh, you know, one of the more higher profile and really fun clients I've had is a guy named Jesse Itzler. And a lot of people right now know who Jesse Itzler is, but he was, if they haven't, he was the author of a book called uh, a New York Times bestselling book called Living with a Seal. He, you know, he founded a multiple companies, including a a private jet company that he sold to Warren Buffett and uh, Zico coconut, coconut water, which he sold to Coca-Cola. And he's one of the you know, owners of the Atlanta Hawks basketball team and married to Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx and just a really amazing guy. And I read his book, I uh, had him on my podcast and then we built a relationship with each other. I just added value where I could. And then I found a couple opportunities to add more value and help him channel the demand for his personal attention from speaking, et cetera, into an actual business model. Because at the time he had just written this book, it was a runaway bestseller. And then all of a sudden it was just, well, what do I do? Wasn't it all- you that posted on Ed O'Keefe's post? That's exactly right? how it happened. There you go. Yeah. Ed, Ed had read the book and said, hey, I'm interviewing Jesse Itzler, author of Living with a Seal tomorrow. Do you have any questions? And I had literally that day before I finished the book. And I just posted, Ed, I just finished that book uh, yesterday. I would love to have him on my show. And Jesse said, commented back because he saw Ed's post. He's like, let's do it. I was like, crap, I didn't think this would end up leading to uh, you know, a great relationship over a couple of years. And podcasting where, doesn't pay, by the way, just so you no. know. No, you know, well, just to dovetail or to go on a rabbit trail on that, I think the <laughs> phrase is, I don't look at podcasting, my ROI is money. I look, my, my currency is access and influence and access to influence. And uh, a podcast is the single best hack, if you would, to open doors and get your, you know, get your foot in the indoors that you never would have been able to. And had I not done that, I wouldn't have built a relationship with Jesse. He wouldn't have asked me to fly out to Atlanta and to help strategize how to blow up his personal brand and what to do to really just channel all of the all of the attention into something manageable and strategic that he could continue to grow with. 
Um, and we had a lot of fun. We're no longer working together. We're still friends, but uh, he's doing some amazing things. I went on to work with people like Frank Shamrock, the five-time UFC champion, who I actually met through Jesse. We uh, we threw an event. We hired Frank to be the uh, be one of the speakers, and then Frank and I hit it off. And he was re. Uh, I guess given his career rebirth into public speaking and uh, coaching and, you know, different business models as well. And then through that, there've been a, a couple other celebrities and then some, some other folks in the space. Like right now I'm working with uh, Brian Tracy and his brand. And I'm working with a guy named Phil town, who's a huge money manager. And as I said, part of it is just really understanding, you know, what are the ways to create to create a business model around a personal brand or to use a personal brand to accelerate your existing business model. And what are the ways to stand out in a really crowded market where, you know, everybody seems to sometimes be saying the same exact things. And sometimes it's hard to stand out. And I kind of came up with about, I guess, seven different ways to really stand out and um, get uh, known in a crowded market. I'm happy to go through those if <laughs> at a high level. No, I think it's, I'm not stopping you. So yeah, yeah. please share. Cause I mean, I don't want to soapbox you. You're not. No. So here, here's a couple of things that you probably already know about me. Like one, my job is just to put people in the room and allow the magic of the room to work itself, not be the instigator of making it all work. Right. Mm -hmm. Hosting, you know, dinners in San Diego, there's a high profile. Like when like I look around the room, I'm like, there's probably well over a billion dollars sitting in this room right now. Like, right. My job is like to use, I don't want to say use because I, I hate, it's kind of a cliche term when people say, can I pick your brain? I'm like, no, don't pick my brain and don't use me, but uh, bring me along on the journey. I'm, I'm happy to include some of my friends and see if we can't create something magical. So share the seven. I love it. Let's go. Can I, I I'm going to prep, I'm going to jump in though. One of the things you just said, uh, I was interviewed, Roland inter uh, interviewed me yesterday on business launch and I shared with him a phrase that another mentor of mine taught me, which is saved me a lot. It's the perfect answer to, can, can I pick your brain or can I get your advice? And it generates both money, but also saves time. So my answer is sure, Tony, you just looking for some friendly advice for my professional opinion. And then I shut No, up. I love it. Cause you know what, then, then they're like, professional. Yeah, yeah. I'd take some of that. Everybody wants your professional opinion. I was like, well, that's great. I've got an avenue for that. I actually have a program. I, I, I consult with people and advise them professionally and whatever it costs, like if it's $10,000 a day or $1,000 an hour or whatever, you can, you now have a reason to ask them for money. Uh, if they say, well, I just want your friendly opinion then you're like, all right, cool. I'll, and in essence, it, alleviates the, the need for you to show up with your best. You're like, all right, I'll give you my opinion on something like <laughs> friendly opinion. Easy. <laughs> I love what Vinny adds on to the friendly stuff. Yeah. What's he says when people say, Hey, do you got five minutes? Can I pick your brain? Right. They'll shoot you a text. And he's like, great. Could you do me a huge favor? Could you write out what you want to talk about and then send me an email, right? Total pattern disrupt. Yeah. And then they're like, you want me to write out what I'm going to ask you? That sounds so weird. And then like, you want me to send it to you in an email? And then what it does is it causes a lot of things to just get really, really clear. Like it was just something you had an idea about. And if you really wanted the business advice. I love that. For it. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it also, and then if it's not that important, they just won't even write the email. Yeah. Like they, they weren't even serious. So 
jumping into these things, it took me a while uh, to really think through this. And I would love for this not to be the definitive list. I will add to this if I ever kind of create, find a something additional. But um, I'm, I'm just looking at my notes here just in case I um, miss any of these. But once more, the problem is, how do you stand out in a crowded market, right? Everybody's heard of the term, a unique selling proposition. That's simply one way to stand out. But when you look at it, especially if you are introducing a personal brand aspect, right? Uh, in no particular order, th these are the ways. Uh, one is be what's called an interesting character. Be somebody that somebody else pays attention to. An example would be somebody who maybe they cuss a lot. They, they, they don't have to be an attractive character, but an interesting character. Like, wow, I'm going to pay attention to him. I'm going to repel people. I'm going to repel half the people. I'm going to uh, attract half the people. Howard Stern is a perfect example. Be very interesting uh, in one way or another. And there's a way to do that. There are techniques called um, character diamonds. There's simply being uh, polarizing. A character diamond is something they use in Hollywood to really build out a character to go, all right, well, what is this person's superpower? What's their weakness? What is their, you know, what is that the thing they stand for more than anything? And then what is like a, maybe a weird quirk that makes them kind of interesting, right? Like House on, you remember the show House MD? Yeah. You ever see that? Give him, give so, him some Vicodin, man. He was a totally different doctor. Yeah. So if I can remember his character diamond, well, it's like, he's absolutely brilliant, right? He's a brilliant doctor, but he's an asshole, right? And he, he'll do anything to solve the medical case. He will not give up. He is like a bulldog with that thing. He won't give up, but he's also addicted to pain meds, yeah. right? So somebody who's perfect Superman without kryptonite is boring, right? Oh yeah. So, you have to, you have to have, you all have, you a have week. to have that yeah. no, on the know. flip side. Superman was not nearly as interesting of a character until Christopher Reeves took over. And one of the reasons is his portrayal of Clark Kent. So Clark wasn't just like the guy with glasses who, you know, was a reporter. He was also really, he bumbled and fumbled and mumbled around with women. And he was really like, he was Superman. He should have had the most swagger ever, but he was a total dork. Right. So when they, when they created this total dorky aspect to him and Christopher Reeves pulled that off perfectly, feel bad for all the younger folks who don't know the original, those original Supermans, um, that made him a much more interesting, lovable character. So in your marketing, like how can you be really interesting? Um, how can you be polarizing? For instance, with like I have a personal brand, but it's not enormous. I actually don't feel as though I've got the most interesting character. I haven't really built that. I'm kind of an even keel, friendly, likable guy, but I have not really done anything polarizing or anything that you can really pin the tail. And that's okay. If you can do that, that's great. It's not needed because there's six other ways to do that. So the other one is having social proof. This is very, I think a lot of people understand this. You know, do you have a big social media following? Do you have a million Instagram followers, 10 million YouTube subscribers, are other people saying, hey, this guy is somebody I should be paying attention to, All right? That's harder to get, it takes a lot of time sometimes. Some people just buy their way into social proof, but that's one of the ways to do it. The third way is just by building tremendous goodwill by the value you put out into the market. Uh, this is one of the things I think I've done a really good job of, uh, whether it's interpersonally, just helping people when I can, sometimes a lot of times for free, just out of you know, goodness of my heart, or by putting out content or podcasts or just 
just building goodwill that makes people go, wow, I really like what this guy is putting out. It's, it's, it's really valuable. I can get use out of it. And if other people aren't doing that and you're doing it more than them, uh, you're going to do really well. The fourth is having that, this is kind of where your USP, your unique selling proposition comes in. Do you have a unique mechanism, a signature solution? Do you have a process, a plan, or even a philosophy that is by itself demonstrably different and hopefully better than everybody else? And there, I forget who's, I think it was Sally Hogshead who said different is better than better, but is it unique? Does it make sense? Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the P90X. They had a unique mechanism and this big idea called muscle confusion, right? Which it wasn't even that unique. It's just switch up all the exercises you're doing all the time. And that's what makes P90X work is because we utilize the mechanism of muscle confusion. So nobody else is using those things. It makes logical sense. It's compelling and it's a unique process to them. So if you don't have a unique mechanism and you're just like everybody else, try to get one. But if you can't, maybe look for these other little, uh, I guess, dials to see if you can turn. So the last three are similar to social proof, but it's actual proof and results. Like, does your product or service get demonstrably better results than somebody else? Yeah, infomercials are famous for using proof in their stuff. Like, look at this Gorilla Glue. I think that was the one where the guy's hanging by a He's hanging by a hard hat, by a steel beam, right? Exactly. So maybe maybe you are a coach or a service provider and you've got more testimonials than anybody out there. Sam Ovens, who, teach, who owns consulting.com, he's got a great program, but one of the things that I know for a fact that is better than um, most other people is he's got like thousands and thousands of, uh, what do you call it, of testimonials on there. Now that's kind of social proof, but that's more... I guess you could say real proof. Uh, and I know for a fact that he uses that a lot in his marketing. So if you have proof, show it off. And if you can demonstrate it, if you have a physical product, show it off as much as possible. Now, the last two have to do with, this is much more mental, but this is, can you, uh, the amount of empathetic bonding, I call it, that you can do with your customers. And a lot of this will have to do with either copywriting or just authenticity, but it's, it's when your customers or clients feel as though you know them as good or better than they know themselves. And if you do this well, they feel that, you know, that you get them better than anybody else does. So in, in copywriting, if you put out there, like ever feel like this, ever feel like that, like, does it cause this, 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 this. And if you're able to get them nodding their head going, you know what? you're inside my brain. You have just released this, what they call this dominant emotion that makes me go, Tony understands me more than everybody else. His product may be exactly the same, but you get me more. So that's empathetic bonding. Um, one of the best people in the absolute world that I've ever met at this is our mutual friend, Ron Lynch. He, I mean, he comes from the infomercial space. He, he's an absolute psycho genius and he understands how to get inside somebody's head and bond empathetically to the issues they're having. Lastly, definitely not least, in fact, this is one of my favorites and most powerful, especially if you're selling anything that has to do with like information, transformation, how to, et cetera. Um, but it does, it can be even in physical products, which is providing powerful epiphanies and revelations. 
uh, new perspectives, if you would. So if you can help people see things in a new way by maybe using metaphors and visuals or asking questions that allow them to connect the dots as opposed to connecting the dots for them, right? Like there's a huge difference if I tell you something and I'm trying to think of a good example right now that I can't, it's not at the tip of my tongue, but if I just tell you something is this way, well, you have to just accept my word for it. But maybe if I ask you some questions that elicit certain responses or I compare it to something else in your life, that is a very interesting parallel or, or a mirror. And I, and I don't connect the dots for you. I just go, isn't that interesting how those two seem really the same? I've just implanted it like a weed that doesn't need to be watered because it's just going to take over in your head. And you'll be like, man, I never thought about it like that before. Now, why this is really powerful is because it's such a, um, it's such a, and before I go, can you hear the background noise that's going on in my, with my microphone? Okay, cool. The reason this is providing epiphanies and revelations is so powerful is because it's emotional is when somebody, if, if you make them realize something and this could be changing a belief, changing a perspective, they go, wow, I never thought about it that way. It's kind of exciting. And anytime you can spike an emotion in somebody, it makes them sit up, take notice, but more importantly, it makes them remember you and always remember Tony G got me to think like this. You mentioned Vinny, our friend Vinny Fisher, the, uh, just a second ago. So Vinny did this with me um, with the coffee business. And I, I was halfway into building that coffee business. And the, the entire reason for this business is this is a sellable brand. I think I can build this up to sell it. And I told him that. And he goes, Brad, I want to I uh, ask you, what do you think is better? Do you think it's better to um, build a business that you want to sell or build a business that you would want to buy? And he shut up and I sat there with that. I was like, say that again. He goes, don't build a business to sell it. Don't build a business that you want to sell. Build a business that you would want to buy. And he goes, the net result is the same thing. You're building a highly systematized business that doesn't rely on you all the time. But if you never sell it and you're still stuck with it, you get to continue to run a well-built business that you would actually consider buying. And that alone, like that was four years ago, at least that he told me that. And I remember where I was. I think I remember what color shirt I was wearing because it changed my perspective on something that was an epiphany or a revelation. And if you can do that for somebody, you'll always get credit and take up mind space in their brain. So recapping these seven, be an interesting character, have social proof, build tremendous goodwill, have a unique mechanism provide powerful epiphanies and revelations or perspectives, empathetic bonding, and demonstrable proof and results. So where no matter what business you're in, you know, you could probably, you know, I should probably formalize this and even make it like a rating scale. Like how well do you think you're doing on a scale of one to five? Right. I want but, to send you a video. I, I really do. I think you're going to love it. it. It's fascinating. It's a, it's a seven minute video. And I think you can take what you just shared with me and Zig Ziglar coached on it. And it's not exactly what you're talking about at all. It's, it was more about, hey, my friend's really, really successful. What makes a really successful person? And he's like, well, if they have this, 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 or this, right? And I think it was like eight things. Similar, and yeah. at the very end, it's like a scoring mechanism. And the guy who said, you know, 
my friends very, very successful and wanted to pay an immense amount of money to, you know, have Zig coach him. And he said, Hey, you keep the money. Let me show you, walk you through something. And he walked him through it. And it reminded me so much of this because this is really, really good. And this is this quick score system for, you know, Hey, you want to take your business, your life to the next level. Here are some things you should measure as you're going on the scale to see where you relate. Cause I'm sitting here identifying, like I, I told anybody listening right now, you should be taking notes. Brad's a wicked <laughs> smart guy. I've got two pages of notes. I'm about to wicked bust out smart. my third. Wicked smart. So if you're not listening with the intention of growing, you're just listening to waste time, which is really boring in my opinion. You you should realize when you wake up in the morning, I'm talking to the listener right now, you should wake up being a student because you never know who's going to show up to teach and you should be ready with a pen and paper because I promise you there are some really, really, really smart people out there who are not at the college level or you know professional level. They're, they're, they're making billions and millions of dollars helping people to be really successful. You mentioned three or four names, some really, really high profile people who have paid for your advice. So Brad, I'm going to hold you where you're at. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in just a minute on the Be Fulfilled podcast. We're talking to the one, the only Brad. You're just going to mark it like Adele or Prince. We're just going to Brad. I don't the think there's really Brad. been a Brad, you know, so we're going to market you as Brad.com. Brad, you need to go buy that domain. In, the, in between, just go bid on it and get the domain. We're going to be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show talking to Brad Costanzo. And I got to tell you, if you liked what we did on the hill going up, wait till he is running buck naked. Good thing it's only video. Uh, all the way down as fast as we can to get to the bottom because we're going to get in the fulfillment round with Brad in just a minute. So hang tight right here on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Hey, since Tony's taking a break, let's take one together. Did you know the average cough comes out of your mouth at about 60 miles per hour, while a sneeze can travel as fast as 100 miles per hour? Jeez. Oh, Tony's back. While you're soaking in this awesome episode, I'm going to go online and search for a sneeze speedometer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show talking to my good friend Brad. A lot of great stories. Hopefully, you took some good notes. And if not, don't worry. I've got all the notes available at TonyGrubmeyer.com. But there's nothing better than your notes. I'm going to listen my way, write what I hear. But if you take it and you can relate, as he was talking about, that's one of the things, right? Epiphanies, right? Getting a story, something that makes you relate. You'll go, I heard it from Brad, the guy who owns Brad.com. And that is what you want to be doing the rest of the way down as we get ready to get down the hill. Um, a couple questions, Brad, that just popped up for me. Um, you were saying like you do some of these things really, really well. And some of these things like, you know, you haven't bought your way to success, but you have leveraged relationships using your podcast. Where would you rank kind of like the idea of launching the bacon wrapped business podcast and helping you to leverage high profile relationships? Where would I rank it? Yeah, like, like as like one of the one. coolest things you've ever done. By far, number one. By far. Uh, and in fact, I've helped uh, I've helped a few other clients um, launch theirs as uh, with a kind of a twist to um, the traditional podcast launch model, which is most people want to launch a podcast to become this household name in their industry or whatever and build a big audience. And I believe that in many cases, depending on what your business model is, that's the wrong angle to take. And it's to, like I mentioned earlier, launch the podcast for the benefit of getting access to the guests, because that alone 
if nobody was listening to my podcast, if only one person like my mom was listening, uh, it would have been worth it because of the ability for me to get people uh, to share on the show. One of the secrets that most people don't know, unless you are a podcast host, is that podcast statistics are private. Now, if I have a YouTube channel and or a Facebook, just a page, and that's my primary platform, the social proof element is is visible. And if I've got 500 fans or whatever on my Facebook page, I don't look like I'm very big. Nobody can see how many downloads or subscribers to the show that you have except for you. Because of that, it gives you the ability, I hate to say it like this, but to act as if you're bigger than you are. And I know when I started off, like I've never lied to anybody, like potential guests about how big my show is or how small it is, but I've also never been asked prior to asking somebody on the show, hey, how big is your, how big is your audience? People sometimes will do that. I've never been asked. And I've had a billionaire, you know, and celebrities on the show. They just see it looks really good. They see I've been kind of doing it for a while. Like, hey, would you like to be on it? And they go, yeah, let's do it. It's a very, very powerful thing when you understand like that's an epiphany when I went, oh my God, I can get it. I can get a hold of anybody if I do this correctly. Number one, bar none. No, I, I think it's so awesome. A good friend of mine, Brian Shafton, uh, owned RBC Records. Uh, he used to be a rep back in the day for priority. So you're talking Snoop Dogg, NWA, right? White Jewish guy, you know, having fun. And he took his business and he, he just molded some amazing company. And so I think he sold it to, to BMI and had done amazing, but just being really, really good with stories and social proof about all the people he gets to be with. And, you know, I can't even begin to tell you, when Kobe passed, I mean, he had some of the most amazing photos, amazing things about being with Kobe at multiple occasions, having, you know, incredible positioning uh, pieces. And and, and I got to tell you what you shared today and what you were sharing with Shamrock and Itzler and all these types of people, it's, it's about being open-minded and seeing for yourself beyond where you're at today, but where do you want to go, right? Like, where do you really want to take your, your business? And I love it. And I, and I want people to, to find ways of connecting. I, I went and checked out the, the business bacon wrap podcast and there's a link to then you click through it and you can go find about your consulting. And now I'm over on Brad's website. And what is the best way where people can just reach out to you? They can always email me. Uh, I've got multiple emails, but I use the, uh, my podcast one, just Brad at bacon And, um, I mean, bradcostanzo.com is kind of a, just a general jumping off point for all of the crazy ventures that I'm in. Uh, the podcast is linked there as well. But yeah, Brad at Bacon Wrap Business is a nice, fun email for people to type into their <laughs> thing. Still sizzling, I, I take it. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits. I love it, man. I, you know what, Brad? Every time I'm with you, I just I, I, it's like, why can't I go to San Diego right now? Why can't I just jump down on a plane and come hang out for the day. It's you know, pretty it's like, out here. I, I can see the beach from my window. It's right out there. You're not showing me your window. You're showing me a, 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 a fictitious wall that doesn't really exist. You know? <laughs> this but is my I studio. Love what are you talking about? I, <laughs> what number is that one again? That's uh, a yeah. social proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love it. Hey, what I want to do, if you're cool with it, is I'd love to bring you into the fulfillment round, yeah. ask you a bunch of random questions that have no rights, no wrongs. You just, if you don't know the answer, the only, only request is you have to guess or make shit up 
Done. No passing. Hey, my mom always told me if I cannot dazzle him with brilliance to baffle him with bullshit. So I'm game. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, Brad, all I need from you is I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right, you've got a choice. You can only be in one place, but you have two amazing opportunities to spend an hour with Warren Buffett or... One hour with the late, great Steve Jobs. Oh, man. USOB. That is a tough question. You know, wow. I would have to say, Steve, I can give you a rationale you briefly can, if you, you want. You look a little like Steve with the black shirt on today. You I got to get trolled back. I think this is why. I've studied Buffett so much. Buffett's actually really simple. Like he is not, the stuff he does is not even complex. In fact, he's got a quote, him and Charlie Munger say that a lot, I'm paraphrasing it. A lot of people think that, you know, Warren and I have, have tried to be like very, have had our success by trying to be smarter than everybody and trying to be more brilliant. In fact, it's the opposite. We've just tried to avoid the stupid things that most people do. And the stupid things are pretty simple. So all they do is avoid the stupid stuff Everybody else loses money. They make money. It's kind of like Keith Cunningham's book, The Road Less Stupid, which is an amazing book along those same lines for business owners. But I think it would be Steve because Steve was such a dynamic person and I'm a huge innovation guy. So I would probably have to go with, with Steve. I'm going to pivot one more off of that. Steve's still around at this time or Elon Musk. Oh, Elon. Yeah. What? Um, he's making some crazy moves. Crazy, crazy. Did you ever invest back in the day in any stocks that Elon's been a part of? Never did. I looked at Tesla for a while back and forth, but I kept on hearing so much uh, different advice on it. I was just like, man, it is a gamble because there was a lot of reasons for that thing to go to zero. And there was a lot. And then there was a lot of reasons for it to do what it's doing right now. And I was, I try not to gamble with my money too much on stuff like that, but I do want to remind everybody what he did say in the very beginning. I say, well, it's funny. I say, I don't want to gamble too much with my money on that. But then I also, about a year ago, I made a sizable six-figure uh, seed investment in a competitor to SpaceX called Phoenix Space, which is uh, looking to disrupt the satellite, the low Earth orbit satellite launch technology. And hopefully Elon will end up buying it. But so that's a gamble. Hey, if we're not gambling, right? We're not really doing anything. And and That's I think right. we take gamble we take gambles every day as entrepreneurs, Absolutely. business owners, parents, you know, any 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 worker, anybody in the world. Like if you're in action, you're gambling. You're believing yep. that what you're doing is making a difference. The job you're going to, you know, the company that you own, whatever it may be. So I, I just, you know, every time Brad I've ever spent time, there's some things that I've learned, but here's one that I haven't paid attention to. If you were going to order a drink in a bar and you didn't care about the price tag, what type of concoction would you be sipping on? I'd probably just be my go-to favorite beverage of choice, which would be Don Julio 1942, my 
1942, huh? 1942, straight up, ideally slightly chilled, but 1942 straight up, that's my, mm, can't resist it. You're going out to dinner in Santiago. Uh, what restaurant will we catch you eating dinner in? Cannonball. Just to say everything's normal, it's open, life's back. Cannonball on Mission Beach, uh, my favorite place. It's a it's a some of my favorite sushi. The best view. It's, a, it's on the second floor, overlooking the ocean, uh, and I spend a good amount of my budget there, and I never get sick of it. Now, I know uh, several years back, maybe four or five, you decided you wanted to list your Audi for sale. It didn't It didn't sell like the way you wanted it. <laughs> and recently, the little poor baby went away and went to a new home. And are you still driving a bike, riding a bike? What are you doing to get around? I've got nothing. Place? I got my wife's car. So yeah, so the Audi, I had the R8 uh, that I sold about a year and a half ago. And then, um, and then I still had a daily driver, a BMW, like a three series, like 14 years old, but only about 55,000 miles on it. Cause that shows you how little I drive. Um, so I finally sold that. I am carless my, except for my wife's car. And it, this would have been a lot easier to do pre COVID because now the number of Ubers and Lyfts are so it's like 20% of the inventory, at least in San Diego, it takes like 20 minutes to get any kind of a ride to show up. So you could literally walk out of a business meeting and you're like, crap, I need to be at the airport in 42 minutes. And you're like, Uber ding showed up and you're yeah. like, wow. Now I I've heard that from a lot of people that it just takes a lot longer and it's a lot more expensive. Oh yeah. It's a lot more luckily. I mean, I don't drive that much. My wife works from home so she can, you know, but it's only been like two or three weeks since I've been without a car for the first time since I was 16. So we'll see how this experiment goes, but I've become much more minimalist and simplistic and the things like I need some basic clothes, you know, like I need a t-shirt, some board shorts, sweatpants in the winter. Uh, I need a computer, something to eat. And otherwise I'm pretty solid. Well, I was going to ask you about some basic life experience advice and you just gave it. So uh, let's just keep things very, very simple. You've made it through the fulfillment round. wasn't too tough, but the, the thing that showing up is um, you know what? You've lived it. You have life experience and you definitely Brought a lot of it today and helped a lot of people understand that, you know, I, I hope you put that seven list down and do something with it. If you need somebody to help you design it, mock it up into something cool, build a little course, do something with it. I think there's something there. Definitely yeah, shoot some videos and some content about each of that. I think you could do a really cool opt-in and a lead gen, and you could maybe tie it into some consulting on the back end, just throwing it out a little back for you. I like it. I'll be doing that. Um, all right. So Brad Casanza, you made it through. You did everything well. You had no mistakes. I give you an A plus for your podcasting, uh, you know, interview skills. So I thank pew, you pew, for being pew. a guest. You were awesome. We've got everything you need at TonyGrebmeyer.com. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.